If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask that you open it to Psalm 107. And if you were to open your Bible almost literally in the middle, you would be fairly close to it. So open up to Psalm 107. And we're going to be going to verse 17, going through verse 22. Psalm 107, verse 17. I'm going to give you all just a minute. If you want a shortcut, just open it right down the middle and you'll be fairly close. Everybody ready? If not, you'll catch up. You've got roughly 25 minutes to get there. All right? So, Psalm 107, I'm going to start in verse 17. I'm going to read through verse 22. This is what the Bible says. Some were fools through their sinful ways. Anybody been there? (laughs) Everybody has been there. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquity suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them, those that were in the trouble, those in the distress that called out and were delivered, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. So I'm going to say a couple of things right out of the gate, and then we're going to break this text down. I'm going to give you some very, you know, small ways that this applies, but then also go into much bigger ways. So first and foremost, let me just tell you this. I'm telling you this because I I love you in this way. I, I don't want you to be led astray. I don't want you to believe you are more than you actually are because if we're, if I'm doing my job, it is to remind you that apart from Christ, you and I are nothing. But in Christ, we can be everything. And in Christ, we can do anything. And through him, we have access to not just an eternal life waiting for us, but his blessing and his provision here and now. But let me tell you this, and I'm going to read it off my notes so I don't lead you wrong, okay? Because I have been a fool too before. All right, I'm going to try not to be too foolish this morning. We, if we believe, if I believe, or if you believe that you and I know what is best for us and see no need to consider God's guidance in our lives, we are foolish. Okay, so if you believe that you know what you should do, what jobs you should take, what people you should befriend, how much you know, money you're going to spend, if you know all the answers to your life on your own, I'm telling you, you are not actually as wise as you, as you think you are. Okay, now with that, if you and I trust our hearts and we believe that following our hearts are our actual guide in life, we are also foolish. Because here's what we know out of those two statements. One, you and I are actually a lot more foolish than we would like to admit. And you and I are, if we're not careful, following a heart that is full of corruption, deceit, and sinfulness. Pure evil. That is what the heart of man is, according to the scriptures. It is corrupt, it is deceitful, and it is full of evil. 
So if you and I believe that we know all the answers to how we should live, we know all the answers to how we're going to spend our money, where we're going to move, what we're going to live in, what we're going to buy, and, and if we believe that our heart is our guide, you and I will actually find ourselves living sinfully, foolishly, and then find ourselves suffering because of that. So the Bible says what we just read, some were fools through their what? Sinful ways. If you do not consider the guidance of the Lord, then you are living in a sinful manner. If you believe that you know all the answers and if your heart is your guide, you are living in a sinful way against God's desire for your life. Therefore, what you will find is that you will find yourself suffering in one way or another. Now, let me just talk about some of the ways that you and I suffer these afflictions. The Bible said, some were fools through their own sinful ways, and because of their what? Iniquities, they did what? Suffered affliction. Here's what that means and does not mean. It does not mean anytime you suffer anything, it is a direct result of your sinfulness. Just because you're sick doesn't mean it's because of your sinfulness. Just because you lost your job, just because people are, are struggling, to, you know, struggling in your home to come back to faith in Christ, just because you suffer does not mean it is a, a direct result of your sinfulness. However, we also have to take responsibility sometimes and, and admit that because of our sinfulness, we may suffer from it. Let me give you a very easy way, something that might not offend you much. This past Tuesday night, we had our church softball games, and we were playing a game, and I was playing shortstop, and a ball was hit up the middle, and I grabbed the ball, and I slid my toe across the bag because, you know, I'm still fairly competitive, and I think I'm a lot more athletic than I really am, okay, because in the 30s, you, your mind hasn't caught up to your body yet. Well, I caught the ball, and I slid across, my, across the bag, and I went to throw to first to turn a double play, and the umpire did not see my toe slide across the bag, and he called the guy safe and said I didn't touch it. Well, I was mad. All right? I'm, I'm foolish, okay, at times. I'm very competitive, and I try not to be, but sometimes in the moment you get a little competitive. So I made up in my mind the next ball hit to me, I was going to prove to the umpire that I was going to touch the bag. No kidding, two batters later, I get a ground ball hit right to me. There's a force out at second. I run to second base, and I jump as high in the air as I can. And my wife immediately condemned me and rebuked me for this. But, but I jumped as high as I could in the air, and I stopped onto second base and looked at the umpire, and he called him out. Well, here's the problem. Because of my foolishness and my sinfulness, I couldn't bend my knee for four days. All right? I couldn't work out all week. I could barely squat down to do anything at work. Like my knee hurt. And the next morning I remember waking up and Michaela said, I hope it was from when you jumped on the bag <laughs> because you deserve it. And I said, no, I think it was from when I was running. You know, I think I just ran wrong. But because of my own pride and my own stupidity, my own foolishness, I hurt, my, hurt myself. Now, Let's just talk about a few other ways that our own sinfulness will be the result or, or all, our own afflictions are the result of our sinfulness. Bodily damage in the way I explained to you, but also even more so than that. We can see broken relationships as a result of our own sinfulness. We can experience bankruptcy. We can lose our jobs. We can find ourselves, ourselves spiritually dead and separated from God, all the result of our own sinfulness. So here's what I want you to know. If you are suffering from any affliction today, it's 
one of two things. One, your own sinfulness, okay? Or it's also the broken world in which we live in. So you and I suffer many things. I remember whenever uh, Brian started the faith and fitness class, and I, I thought, well, I guess I'm just going to have to settle with always being less than, not being able to do what I know I should be able to do or steward the body. The results of my lack of control and my gluttony was why I was out of shape and why I could barely move. That was a direct result of my own sinfulness, my lack of discipline, my own gluttony. I mean, we could talk about the financial issues that are a result of our sinfulness. We could talk about the relationships. Like there are afflictions that you and I suffer that are the direct result of our sinfulness. And then what happens is in verse 18, we find ourselves like those who in verse 18 loathe for any kind of food. Similar to the story of the prodigal son. You remember the story of the prodigal son? The, the younger son, he got his inheritance early and he went and he squandered all that he had. And he found himself wishing to just eat what the pigs were eating. I don't know if you've ever been that to that point in your life. Maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally. You just feel as if you are not ever going to see hope again. You feel completely hopeless. You feel completely helpless. Or even worse, like in verse 18, it also says they drew near to the gates of death. If we aren't careful because of our own sinfulness being the, the reason we suffer some of the things that we suffer, we will actually tend to believe, dangerous and sad as it is, that it is better if we are not even alive. So not only are we just finding ourselves completely hopeless, helpless, hungry, but then we will go so far as into, you know, we will be in our own sinfulness and it will hold us so captive that we will believe that it is best if we aren't even alive. So living in foolish and sinful ways will also cause us to settle for things that are harmful to our bodies and our souls. If you and I are not careful, because here's the result, or here's the reality. You and I always crave something, do we not? We always crave. If you and I are living in righteousness and holiness, you and I are going to hunger, holiness, righteousness. If you truly follow Christ, we will hunger and thirst, which means to desire righteousness, Right? I mean, if I am walking in step with the Spirit of God, what do I want more of? I want more of His mercy. I want more of His grace. I want more of His favor. I want more of His provision and His protection. I want Him to be the one opening door after door. But if you and I desire sinfulness, we're going to crave more and more and more. Isn't that right? I mean, people that struggle with drug addiction, it starts with a little bit. Or alcoholism, it starts with a little bit. And then it's a little bit more because they become immune to that, Right? Same with sin. We need a little more sin. We need a little more sin. The desire then bursts the action. And then the action brings forth what? According to James, death. So a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Now, what I want you to know about following your own way, if you are not careful, you will follow your heart. You will follow your own mind, your own intellect, and you will believe that you know what is best for you. You do not need God's help. You do not need his spirit to guide you and to convict you. You do not need his word to be the foundation of your life. You're just going to live your life your own way. But here's the thing. You will live in rebellion. You will live in sinful ways. And then you will suffer much as a result of that. So I use this story a lot. I think I've shared it in here a couple of times. I'll share it again. If you don't like it, just don't listen. All right? Or just forget it. I'll never forget the time that Aubs had her Minnie Mouse toilet. 
um, whenever Alb's was like a year and a half, we started potty training her, right? And uh, she passed, okay? Um, she's good now. Uh, but, but I remember we bought her this Minnie Mouse toilet that she was going to get to learn to how to go to the bathroom on the toilet and get out of diapers. We thought, you know, this is our first kid. Uh, first kids are always the best kids, you know, and so they say. Um, but we're going to get this kid. She's going to be before two. She's going to be pie trained. She's going to be, you know, given the alphabet. So I remember walking her into the bathroom and she went onto the bathroom and she wanted to dump the toilet into the toilet. Okay, uh, this didn't have a pipe. You had to take the little bowl and you had to dump it into the big bowl and you had to flush it. I'll never forget. She said, no, daddy, I don't need help. You know, she was around two years old and I go out of the bathroom and and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> the toilet hit the floor. And I hear her cry out, daddy, help. It's all she cried. She was like two. She didn't, you know, she didn't know any better, but she thought she knew how to get the toilet after going to the bathroom into the other toilet to then put the little seat back into the toilet and then flush the big toilet. She thought she could do all of it. Well, guess what? Three seconds into it, she failed because she thought she knew what she wasn't able to do, even though you and I can relate to that in so many ways. If we aren't careful, we will look to God and say, no, 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 I'm good. I know what I'm doing. I know what I need. I know what I should be doing. I know how to answer to this. I know how to fix this broken relationship. And then what we will do is we will actually drive ourselves further and further away from God and ultimately living like a two-year-old trying to, t- trying to potty train herself. And what will happen is, in that particular story, I'll never forget, she believed that she was capable of doing it. But guess what? She couldn't. So if you and I aren't careful, we will believe that we know the ways in which we should go. We know that our heart is our guide. And what will happen? We will find ourselves living in sinful ways and suffering many afflictions as a result of it. And what we will happen, what we will do then is whenever those afflictions come our way, whenever our bodies tend to break down, whenever the relationships are broken, whenever our finances are out of control, whenever we have no hope, whenever we find ourselves spiritually dead or spiritually attacked or feel separated from God, here's what we will do if we are not careful. We will blame God and tell and believe that he does not love us or care for us when it's actually our fault. But this is where the story turns into beauty. In verse 19, the Bible says that then they cried to the Lord. Who is they? They are the ones that found themselves in afflictions because of their own sinful ways. They are those who find themselves today in broken relationships with no hope because of their own sinful ways. They are those who find themselves distressed in one way or another because of their own choosing to rebel against God's desire for their life. And they know all the answers and they know which doors are going to open and they know where they're going to go and what they're going to do. That's who they are. And if we were to be honest, there's a lot of people in here that would find themselves as they. Because if we aren't careful, we will find ourselves constantly growing, growing further and further away from God's desire because we know or our hearts tell us. And what happens is we find ourselves living in these sinful ways. But the beautiful part of the story is that they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Isn't that the good news? 
that they cried out to him in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And then it says, let them... Thank the Lord for his steadfast love and his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds to songs of joy. So I want to stop for just a moment and tell you this. I do not know the condition of the hearts that sit in this place right now. I do not know the condition of your heart. I do not know what you may be doing in life. I do not know what happens behind closed doors. I do not know where you truly are. You and I can sit down and you can fool me and fool me and fool me. I do not know the condition of each and every person's heart in this place. So this is where I want to tell you, if you are here today and you find yourself suffering in one way or another, and you know it's the result of your sinfulness, I plead with you to call upon the name of Jesus. I plead with you to bow yourself before him and to cry out to his holy name, to experience the forgiveness and the deliverance that is offered to us through Christ. Because the reality is, is I don't know how many people are in this place and you and I can all put our masks on really well and we can fix our hair and we can smile and we can fake it every moment that we're here. But really deep down, you and I could be truly suffering hurting and going through something in life right now. And it could very well be the result of our own sinfulness. So if that is you today, if you are suffering in any way, if you find your, there are parts of your life that are messy, I plead with you to stop fooling yourself, believing that you know how to fix it. You and I are not capable of delivering ourselves from our trouble. We are not capable of delivering ourselves from our own destruction. We are not capable of healing ourselves spiritually and physically. So I plead with you, if that is you today, if you find yourself hurt, you find yourself struggling, if you find your marriage is falling apart, if you find that you have no hope or peace, if you find that financially you're, you're on the brink of bankruptcy and, and, and it's debt after debt, I plead with you to call upon the name that is able to deliver you from that pain. I, call, I plead with you to call upon the name that is able to deliver you. So here's a re, here is next what we do. So for those of us who have been delivered, for those of us who have been set free from, those of us who have been saved from their destruction, let me just ask one question. Anybody here ever cried out to the Lord and he delivered you? Just raise your hand. I mean, anybody here today been in that point of your life where you were hopeless, loathing the food of the pigs, or even, even visiting the gates of of death. I'm only here today by the grace of God. I am. Because I'm not intellectually advanced. I don't know the scriptures. You know, I don't read the Greek very well because I took it twice and uh, barely passed second time. Um, I don't know the Hebrew. Um, I'm only here by the grace of God. And I will be the first to testify and confess that I sought the Lord and he heard, and he answered me. There's a very popular song all over the radio today that says, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered me. And I, I will be the first to admit that I am only here because of 
him. Because I at one time was living in my own sinfulness, my own rebellion, following my own sinful ways. And guess what? It brought much pain and suffering. And it brought much affliction to me. And guess whose fault it was? Mine. So it came to a point in life where I had to put my big boy pants on and take responsibility of my and bow myself before the holy, righteous God and creator of the universe and plead with him to deliver me from that suffering. And here's what I've come to find out to be true. That if you and I will call upon his name, if you and I suffer, and maybe you're in a season of surplus prosperity and everything is joyful. Well, here's what I will tell you. If you are not careful, you can find yourself drifting further and further, little by little, believing that you are actually smarter than you are, wiser than you are, and you need God less and less. Because here's what, that's what happens, right? I mean, we get set free, we get saved, and then over time we begin to read the Bible, and because we think we know the Bible, because we spend time in prayer, because we give and we serve, we tend to believe that we are actually doing this on our own. You know, little by little, we, we grow spiritually, we're more spiritually mature, and we serve and we lead, and what happens? find ourselves believing the lie that we're, we've actually kind of made it. And we don't need God as much. And I would tend to disagree that we actually need him more and more. Because just like Peter, the closer he got to Christ, the winds and the waves blew harder and stronger. The closer you get to Christ, the more and more that you do for him, Satan will come louder and harder and bigger than ever before. So this is what I've come to know to be true that whenever we cry out, God will deliver us from our distress. God will deliver us. God is capable of healing us both physically and spiritually. He will save us from the destruction. See, here's what I know. Because of my own sinfulness and because of my own evil ways that I lived in, there should have been much destruction because of that. And God delivered me from that. So here's what I want to do today. I want you to consider where you are. Because if you are here and you are suffering, I plead with you to call upon his name. To be delivered and to experience the forgiveness and the deliverance that is offered to you in Christ. But if you're here today and you're the one that's called out to him and he has set you free, this is what you do. In verse 21, it says, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. If you have been set free from fill in the blank, if you have called out in that season of trouble, if you were experienced the pain and the affliction because of your own sinfulness or because of life, and you have been set free, redeemed, made new, and made alive in Christ, you and I are to what? Thank the Lord. We are to offer to him sacrifices and we are to tell of his deeds. So this is a, the phrase that I, I thought of. There's a song that says, I don't know the name of the song. I don't know who sings it. I just know I heard it. The phrase is this, he did it anyway. He did it anyway. Maybe that can be your song as you leave here today. Because if we were to be honest, just as I was lost, broken, far from him, rebelling against him and my own desires, following the desires of my flesh and the lust of this world, it was in that foolishness that I cried out to the Lord, not deserving to be saved from my sin, not deserving to be delivered from the destruction of my sinfulness. And guess what? God did it anyway. 
I did not deserve to be saved, but God did it. Anyway, I did not deserve to experience the extension of his mercy and his grace and be lavished upon it or lavished in it, but God did it anyway. You and I are not worthy to be set free from the destruction that should come from the, from the sinfulness that you and I live in. But guess what? God does it anyway. Why? Because he is, he is immeasurably rich and full of mercy and grace. And here's what I know to be true, that if you and I will call out to him, if we will repent of our sin and trust in him, that we will find that to be our testimony as well. There are a lot of people in this place that at one point or another found themselves in their own distress and trouble, but can testify of the mercy and the grace of God, even though they did not deserve it, even though I never deserved it, God did it anyway. So what I plead with you today is this, one of two people, you're either the person that is suffering, you're either the person that is facing affliction after affliction, and if that is you, I plead with you to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. I plead with you to seek the deliverance and the forgiveness that only He can offer. There, if there is any area of your life that is, that is painful, that is messy, and you don't have all the answers to, you've tried, you've tried, you've tried, and you find yourself season after season falling back to the same spot, I plead with you to call upon His name. If you're the person that is here and has been set free from, delivered from, saved from, and has had God bless you in delivering you from your sinfulness, here's what you and I do. We offer our lives as a living sacrifice. Paul said to give our lives, to offer our lives, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's our spiritual form and act of worship. That I will offer my life the rest of my time here to serve, to worship, to love, and then to share the goodness of my God. Let's pray. And as we pray, I just want you to to consider where you are exactly.